This episode is brought to you by hrvcourse.com. If you're new to heart rate variability or you just want to take your use of it to the next level, there are now online courses designed to help you do exactly that. Hundreds of people from NFL coaches to doctors to athletes and health seekers are already taking advantage of the in-depth course material. It's all online, go at your own pace, and the material focuses about half on the science and mechanisms and half on the data and real-world application of HRV. The courses are also platform-independent, meaning the content applies to you no matter which HRV app or hardware you use. Continuing education credits are available as well. And last, make sure to get your 10% discount for being a listener of this podcast by using coupon code ELITEPODCAST at checkout. To take your use of HRV to the next level, head on over to hrvcourse.com. Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance. Welcome back to the Elite HRV podcast. This is your host, Jason Moore. And today we have Aman from the Beast Fingers Climbing Team. Welcome to the show, Aman. Hey, thank you, Jason. Hey, it's uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, we've conversed a little bit about how you've had a great season with the climbing team this past year and uh, lots of exciting things going on over there. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate you being here. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Awesome. So, you know, as we kind of uh, converse back and forth, you mentioned that, uh, you know, HRV played a big role in your uh, season's uh, outcome. But uh, I, you know, I don't want to devalue all the hard work and all the coaching and everything that went into it. So uh, I know there was a, a lot of other factors as well. But sure. Um, Maybe you could just tell folks a little bit about what you do. What what is the Beast Fingers Climbing Team, and uh, you know how how did things go this recent season? Yeah, so um, so the Beast Fingers Climbing Team uh, we're based out of Denver, Colorado, uh, on the uh, Front Range, and we have a um, youth team, um, ages six to eighteen, and we also have a um, a collegiate team um, for college level athletes. Um, and we are part of USA Climbing, um, which is um, actually um, now a part of the IOC and a part of um, uh, the Olympic Games, which is exciting for climbing. Um, and we'll be featured in uh, Tokyo uh, 2020. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things going on with climbing and especially with the future of climbing, where it's going, um, the introduction of data and metrics and analytics to a sport that has been somewhat, um, kind of coached through traditional methods. Um, but now with the, uh, support of the Olympics and, um, you know, the, the, the protocols and systems that other sports use, we're, we're starting to see that uh, enter more um, with more acceptance into uh, rock climbing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. Um, 
I just got back from France um, where they had the International uh, Research Conference for, for uh, climbing. And they had some of the uh, best researchers in the world there um, all talking about climbing. Um, some were talking about heart rate variability um, and nervous system. Um, so it was, it was really cool to, to hear them talk about things that, you know, I value here in the States and, uh, yeah. And, 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 and it's cool to see, um, the Japanese, uh, national team head coach was there and he talked a little bit about how they pay attention to how athletes feel, um, what they're going through and their emotions. So it's cool to see this type of, uh, system being, um, being upheld in, in, in other national teams. Um, so yeah, so for, for our team, um, yeah, it was a great season. Uh, the athletes definitely, um, responded well to HRV. Um, we only use the HRV with our collegiate team. Um, and, um, for our youth team, I just use a, an assessment, um, just, you know, a scale of one to 10, how do you feel this, you know, and that just a couple questions to kind of get an idea of where they're at. Um, but for the collegiate team, HRV allows me to see deeper into what's going on with an athlete. Um, and the exciting tools that are a part of um, uh, Elite HRV are uh, super exciting. Um, it's funny, I actually do use a lot of um, power spectrum analysis with our team. Oh, nice. Because um, it allows me, yeah, it allows me to see a little bit more um, what's going on. So I do a little bit of autoregression of some of the things that uh, when, whenever they take their readings. Um, and I somewhat analyze their HRV based on that. It allows me to get a little bit better understanding of how their score is reflecting how they're feeling. Um, and I can get an immediate response as to what I need to do to change up their training or to add in some recovery, um, based on their low frequency or their high frequency. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, typically you, you hear people just focusing more so on the time domain analysis, but yeah, uh, frequency power has definitely uh, been helpful for, for us. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's, uh, awesome feedback and information for folks listening and, especially those interested in training in different ways. And, uh, you know, maybe just to take a step back to the bigger picture, um, first, that's really exciting as climbing takes more of a presence on the world stage that because I'm a kind of a recreational amateur climber um, okay. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy it. I think it's a, a fantastic sport that almost anyone should try to, you know, try it out at least because I guarantee yeah. you're going to learn something about yourself in the process. Uh, yeah, but it's also, sure. it's a very technical sport and it's a very physically demanding sport, especially as you start to compete. And, um, mm. so I think that it's great to see that it's, uh, very quickly embracing cutting edge research and new technology and things like that. Uh, so yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And, um, super exciting. Yeah. So kind of coming back then to what you're saying about the story of your team there is, um, you know, how long were you tracking HRV with the team kind of, uh, you know, before you started figuring out which aspects of HRV were really helpful and things like that? Um, it's interesting. It, it wasn't cause I, there's, 
um, one particular athlete, um, I think we have about maybe eight months of HRV data on her. And um, for the first couple months, I was just using the, um, just the minimum heart rate um, and HRV as a means to kind of assess, you know, how she's responding to training. Um, but it wasn't until I started to see um, high HRV and lower frequency power and, um, and lower high frequency power and correlating it to her performance. Because whenever I um, track their HRV, I also track what, what climbs that they felt comfortable on that day and also their you know, level of muscle soreness. Um, and I have a separate spreadsheet that I use for that. And so from that, I was able to see that, um, that the overall um, frequency power was lower. Um, and then I started to put more work into seeing how I can keep that number high um, to, to make sure that they're feeling good. Um, so for her, I noticed that the days where she climbed her hardest grades were on days when she had like through the roof frequency power. Um, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I just pulled up Elite HRV right now and I'm looking at her, her trend line um, starting from the beginning and looking at now. And, and it's funny, I can actually see uh, uh, an increasing trend line over, over the year. Um, of, of um, where her frequency power is higher overall um, on average, more so at the end of the season than beginning of the season. And I think that came from doing a lot more focus on heart conditioning and respiratory training. And, and we were using some biofeedback methods to kind of help, you know, help her um, calm down her, her SNS and to try and really uh, help her zero in on, uh, um, on her performance and where she needs to be. Um, and, and, and it was really cool to have this as a tool to assess, you know, how her, uh, SNS is responding to her training and, and, and how her, cause she is afraid of heights and, you know, she has, um, um, you know, uh, some sleep, you know, issues that were going on with the training too. And, and it was so cool to see how, over time, as her frequency or frequency power started to to increase, her sleep quality began to improve, and um, her response to training was beginning to improve. And just overall, as an athlete, uh, she began to improve. And 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 having this as a tool really um, takes coaching to another level because now you're 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 working with an athlete outside of. Um, you know, the focus of making podiums, but now you're focused on um, your mental health and your, your physical health as a person. You know, how are you able to respond to school and the stress of school and the stress of tests? And, and are you using these tools in school to help you stay calm during your test? And, and it's so cool to see um, the athletes um, taking the lessons that they're learning on the team and applying them to their to their real life. And I feel like that's like the the, the ultimate goal, um, you know, even though you do have, you know, goals and wishes to, to make it to the Olympics or the world circuit, it's always nice to see an athlete take these tools into real life and, and, and succeed.
Yeah, it's it's that's fantastic. And, you know, that's that's one of the beauties of sport in general. I think it makes people not only physically stronger and more capable, but usually mentally stronger and more capable as well to then face the rest of life. Yeah. And so it's really interesting because um, I don't know if folks, you know, obviously cli- the climbing community is smaller than say soccer or something like that. So yeah. maybe some folks listening may not be so familiar with the demands of climbing, but it's a very mentally uh, demanding sport as well. Yeah. And, and, and so it's great to hear that you're kind of able to take a more holistic approach to the training, to the recovery and to the rest of the things. So is there something that kind of led you to that or was it just kind of a natural evolution once you started tracking and experimenting or how did you kind of end up doing that? Well, it's interesting because um, for the longest time I was using a scale of one to 10 assessment of um, athlete assessment. And um, we, I used to do it each week on each athlete um, to get an idea of how they're feeling How's school? How's this? How's that? How's family? Um, because I started to realize that athletes, they have their stressors outside of sport, and these stressors impact their performance on the field and the training. Um, and and it became very challenging to know what was really going on. Um, and I, I, I think that's, you know, sometimes the hard part when it comes to um training and biometrics is there is so much access that you have to an athlete and what's going on. But, you know, I feel like, um, you know, when an athlete trusts you, um, and, and, and they see that you have their best interests at heart, um, and you, and they know that you're not going to, um, exploit them or, or, or what have you, um, there's a level of trust that's built in, and, um, the nice thing about HRV is that I don't even know as much anymore, if you know what I mean. Whereas before, it's like, you know, how's school? How'd you do on your tests? You know, things like that. Or, you know, how's family? Is everything okay? You know, is this week not a good week? Whereas with frequency power, I can kind of get an idea that something's wrong when I when I check their readings in the morning. And then I can have an idea to kind of pull back the training um, or maybe you know keep the training at like a steady pace to, to allow them to use their stress as a catalyst for their training um so it's like it, it gives me uh, a little bit more to to work with um without having to know so much about an athlete about their personal life um i mean you are you know having you know all this data on their heart rhythms but you know it's a little different than you know asking them these deep questions. Um, so for example, I can, an athlete can catch the flu or they can have a cold and I can immediately see that in their, in their spectrum analysis or, or from their, from their frequency power. Um, and then, you know, I can know like, okay, something's not good, you know? So like when we go to training, I can kind of change my, um, I can change my, my tone. I can change, um, my demeanor and, and kind of, uh, of take a more, uh, uh, I guess, a, sim- a sympathizing stance, you know, from from their entry into to the facility, um, so that they kind of know, okay, uh, 
he he gets me. You know, he understands that today is not a good day. Um, and sometimes, you know, if if the, the HRV is just so low, or maybe the HRV is somewhat okay, but the frequency power is low, you know, I'll just tell them to stay home and, um, you know, just work on these protocols to, to boost up your 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 PNS and, and, and kind of, you know, help your SNS get a break. Um, and we have different things. There's a list of things that I have for each athlete for what they can do to kind of tip the scales um, to bring things back to normal. Um, and so the nice thing is that they're educated on what they need to do to, to stay healthy. And then, and then I get a better understanding of, of what it takes to, to get a, a, an athlete back, back on the right track. Um, so now it allows me to, you know, um, reduce how long they're sick or reduce how long they're cold fast or, um, reduce how long their anxiety lasts and, you know, all through the tools of, of, of HRV and, 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 and the, um, the power analysis. That's fantastic. So you're able to get a more objective understanding and, and almost, you know, it's not like you're going to stop getting to know your athletes or stop asking them, uh, you know, questions that show you care and things. It's just more like you can time it when you know it's needed instead of asking them every single day. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So, and what what would be an example of something that you would help tip the scale back towards the parasympathetic and recovery? Just, you know, one one example. Okay, yeah. Um so for example, um maybe um Maybe they put, they put, you know, put out some really high output for two days, you know, climbing, um, and their overall HRV, um, maybe is a little lower from, from the stress of the training. Um, and, um, or sometimes the HRV would be high, but the frequency power may not be where I would like it. Um, so I would just tell them, you know, Hey, you know, let's, let's go to the sports therapy center. So we have a center that we use here um, called Denver Sports Recovery, and they basically have everything that we need on the floor um, um, for like complete access. You know, they have cold hot tubs, they have cryo machines, they have air air compression, sauna, um, soft tissue modality work, um, just everything that you would need um, to keep your team healthy. So the nice thing is, is um, there's this chart that I've used over the year um, that, and I know different different practitioners have different things, but it basically had a list of things to do if your SNS was high, and it had a list of things to do if your PNS was high or low. Um, so, you know, like if if they came in and um, they came to the sports center, and um, and I and I tell them, hey, you know, we're gonna go here and you know, uh, we're going to, you know, do some, some, some heat and, uh, we're going to, uh, um, you know, do some, some, um, some mag- magnetic res- resonance, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The IMRS mat is usually what I just call it. Um, and, um, and yeah, we can kind of help to take the, uh, the parasympathetic nervous system, 
and increase it and, and decrease the SNS. Um, and it was really surprising to see the impact of the IMRS mat. Um, like for example, uh, like when an athlete is low, um, we'll bring them in and we'll just throw all these things at them. We'll throw the air compression, we'll throw the, the IMRS mat, um, heat, you know, heat therapy in the, in the hot tub. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the IMRS mat was just amazing. It would just shift, you know, I guess just from the de-earthing, it would just shift their whole frequency to like the tens of thousands. And I don't, wow. still don't understand how it all works, but you know, if, if an athlete was sick or if they were, um, you know, getting over flu, I would just say hop on that mat. Cause I know that thing works. <laughs> Um, wow, that would be that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because the next day, um, you know, their frequency response is, you know, a total score of like twenty thousand. You know, I'm just like, okay, let's 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 uh, let's let the body heal. Let's let the body do its work. You know, um, so yeah, it, it's it's cool to um, to kind of use these tools to, to tip the scales and um, help an athlete recover. Um, so sometimes it, you know, you know, I try not to, um, limit their diet too much, you know, but I'll let them know like, Hey, just understand the impact that certain foods have on your HRV, you know, while you're in this, this low spell. Um, so just, you know, just be careful, (laughs) you know, try to, you know, decrease your stimulants if you can. And, you know, so there's a little bit of advice that you can provide to an athlete to kind of help them, you know, stay on top of the game. Um, it becomes even more crucial for preparing for a competition. Um, and we do have some athletes who have the propensity to, to have really high anxiety before comps. Um, so we'll just use some biofeedback tools to kind of help them. Uh, there's this one app that we use. Um, it's on the app store. It's not the best biofeedback tool, but it has helped, um, help one of our athletes achieve a sense of calmness before competition. Um, and basically, it reads your heart rate through the flash in your finger using the camera. And it has this little game that you use, and it tracks your heart rate. And then the success of the game is based on how well you're able to control your heart rate while playing the game. And so, oh, nice. yeah, it's pretty interesting. So as the game goes on, it gets more difficult. Um, if, if your heart rate goes higher, um, then all the flowers that you grew will disappear. But if you're able to keep your heart rate low and kind of do some deep breathing, then your flowers will start to grow back again and you can grow a really pretty garden. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they really like that. <laughs> nice. Well, that, I mean, yeah. that sounds like, uh, you know, sim- sometimes it's just these little simple tools, right? That Yeah. Uh, and you can use it anywhere, which is nice. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool. Like especially, you know, like athletes really take it hard on these climbs. Like you mentioned before, how climbing can put a great demand on the mental and the physical. Um, and so, like you know, when an athlete is is having all this body tension and 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 and, and force that they're applying on these climbs, especially on the really difficult climbs, and then having to pull these really hard sequences so high off the ground, and then manage to pull your rope to get a clip. Um, that's a lot of stress to have to deal with. Uh, so when an athlete falls and they know that they could have done the move, there's a high level of, of frustration. Um, and it's a great time to, 
you know, I don't call it, well, maybe some days I'd call it timeout, but, <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> like a timeout where you just kind of go to a corner, take out your biofeedback tool and just calm yourself down. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, that's, that's so true. And, you know, even, even uh, when using timeout with like, a dog or with children it's 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 more about uh the reset and just letting letting the uh system calm down than it is about punishment i think right yeah i think so (laughs) and and i mean we we only use i i use these tools mostly on the collegiate team but um it has allowed me to kind of use a similar um protocol with our youth team but without the tools so um just from learning um, the impact that it has on the body from our college team. Um, so for the youth team, like if I see some frustration with the youth athletes, you know, and they're, they're young they're like seven, um, you know, six. And I'll just say, Hey, they'll just, just go sit here and do some deep breathing and then calm down. And then they'll, just, <laughs> they'll just do that. And, you know, and, and, and they like it, you know, um, we're not using all the fancy tools, but you know, it's like, you know, by the time they age out of youth and get into the college level of sports, you know, they've already been doing it in their youth. So it's nothing new when they get on the, the, the um, college scene and, 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 and they see these same protocols carried out, you know, in, in their older years. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just more on an advanced level when they get older. Yeah. So, but it, it's cool to, to see that the children respond in a similar way to these, this type of, uh, feedback. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. And, and I like that you, you know, you don't force the tools. Uh, the tools are, are definitely helpful. And like you said, from, from your learning perspective, like learning <clears throat> through the tools has been invaluable, but then you're able to take those same techniques and apply them even without the tools. And I think that's something kind of we've been telling people from the beginning is uh, first and foremost, this is a self-awareness tool or, or if you're a, if you're a coach, then it's helping you be aware of your athlete or your client, but you know, you can take those same principles and use them out in the middle of the desert somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, So it's that's really neat that you're able to use it with the kids as well and that you see similar benefit right yeah yeah we uh along those same lines we were at a crossfit competition a couple months back and we were measuring with all the athletes and um there was a a nine-year-old like younger sister or something that was a spectator but she came over like 10 times uh, to do HRV readings because she was smashing all of the athletes. Um, oh, and wow. <laughs> we had like a little ranking going and, uh, she was obviously, you know, significantly younger. Most of the athletes were uh, 18 and up. Um, but she was in the top five by the end. And these were a very high fit group. Um, but this nine year old was young and probably pretty active and healthy and, she was, she totally uh, zeroed in on the guided breathing thing. Yeah. She was sitting there doing guided breathing and yeah. boosting her HRV, trying to beat everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so cool to see um, see this appreciation at such a younger age. You know, for these for these um, 
these different types of protocols. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. uh, you know, competition prep, and we've talked about the season, and then you mentioned the the one athlete who had the interesting results. Is is she the one that you mentioned had a really great season as well? Yeah, yeah, she had a really great season. Um, and uh, it was cool because there were... Um, there are times when I'm able to 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 be at all their competitions, but um, when she had her national uh, nationals for collegiate um, in Texas, I had a, a youth uh, competition that I had to attend for our youth athletes, so I couldn't be there. Um, and so it was cool to hear her using these tools on her own while she's there, somewhat as a self coaching. Um, um, tool um, to help her <laughs> and I guess because during the training season and during the season you get into the habit of using these tools and you kind of know how they work um, so even when you're by yourself um, and the athlete has to travel and, and go to different competitions they can without a coach they can continue to to use these tools on their own uh, because they know that they work um, and yeah she had a great time there she uh she took 25th in the nation. Um, and, uh, congratulations. And, and yeah. Yeah. Out of, I forgot how many, but there was, was a, yeah, there was a ton of, ton of athletes there, probably in the hundreds. I don't even remember now. Um, but yeah, she took 25 for women in sport climbing. Um, and, uh, and this was her first year competing as a, as a, as a competitor. Um, wow. and mind you, she's only been, uh, climbing for two years. Um, so it was really exciting to see how these tools were, were useful in, in helping the athlete achieve success in the shorter amount of time um, that it would take with, um, you know, someone who, who has uh, probably more experience but had more injuries and probably couldn't have all the success they could have. You know, I think something like this is, is great. So you can have a new athlete um, with little experience and just keeping them healthy through the season allows them to get stronger so that, you know, especially with climbing, because a climbing injury can put you out for a very long time, especially if it's mm -hmm. in the fingers. Mm -hmm. You know, we're yes. looking at six months off um, and we actually had an athlete who had to, you know, miss a lot of the season um, because of a finger injury. Um, and yeah, you're looking at five months at home, <laughs> um, you know, so. Um, it's nice to be able to have something like this to um, to assess an athlete, keep them strong, keep them healthy, and con consistently um, see gains and improvement through their career. Uh, and I think that's that's the key to success. And it's so funny. I I don't know if I answered the question the best that I could when you asked me what what got me into kind of doing this and. Um, and I, and I think part of it was I wanted to see if there's some way that I can quantify their emotions, if that mm, makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. And so because, you know, I had gotten so tired of doing the assessments, and especially if you have a lot of athletes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I was just going on Google and I was just – because I remember studying about – because I, I did go to college for um, – um, health science and, and nutritional therapy. Um, and I do remember there was, 
a little bit of clap, a little bit of um, stuff that we talked about with, you know, HR and minimum heart rates and the health of the cardiovascular system and things like that. Um, but it just didn't dawn on me, um, you know, because I was looking online and I was like Googling, like how to quantify emotions, trying different keywords. And finally, I stumbled upon some research paper on PubMed that was talking about the quantification of the, the, a, the, the ANS and the SNS and the PNS. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then, you know, uh, it started talking about HRV and, and heart rate and, and things that were beginning to, to look familiar to me. And I was like, wow, you know, if I had this tool, maybe I can, you know, have a really great season, you know? Um, and, and then I started seeing how much like, you know, the real deal HRV tools cost. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's no <laughs> way I can pay five, you know, however many thousands of dollars for these tools. Um, so I went online and, and started looking if there were apps for, you know, Android or iPhone that were out. And uh, sure enough, I stumbled across uh, uh, Elite HRV and started looking at the reviews. And I was like, okay, I think I'll give this a try. <laughs> and I actually started using the app when it had the old dashboard. Uh, and oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. And so now it has a new dashboard and it's even much cooler. And I was just like, you know, this is a really cool app. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was that. just like, man, how come I didn't know about this years ago? <laughs> and I was looking at all these people on Instagram who've been using this app and sharing their HRV score online. I was like, how did I not know about this? <laughs> um, and so I started sharing with other coaches and, and, and sharing with other people. And, you know, because people were asking us what we use and, and how we you know, how we measure. And I was just saying, yeah, check out this tool. Uh, it's, it's for iPhone and Android and, you know, uh, use it with a heart rate monitor. And they're like, oh, cool. You know, so the, the cost of, you know, of entry is so much lower to get, you know, such an amazing tool for HRV. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah. The cost has come so far down and that's been one of our goals too, is to just help <laughs> make it more accessible to everybody. Yeah. And, it's, uh, you know, I really appreciate that feedback and uh, we're honored to to serve that purpose. But yeah, it's it's been really interesting to see how the how HRV grows as a tool. I mean, uh, we've had people pick it up for our elite performance in almost every sport now. And yeah. uh, and then as well as competitive uh, video gaming, esports. And yeah. Um, and then obviously to the health side. So, uh, people managing chronic health conditions or just trying to be healthier, generally more fit and psychology, um, everything from uh, child psychology and, uh, yeah, yeah. All sports psychologists. Yeah. Sports psychologists. So really interesting and it wouldn't be that able to be picked up by so many people i don't think if it wasn't so affordable (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah it's so so true well that's good and so you so you uh you know kind of going forward you plan to keep using it and and you found that that total power which uh, of course you'll be happy to hear the power spectrum analysis is going to be enhanced even further in the next release of the web dashboard oh cool uh, wow that's you'll exciting. get a lot more data in there on that wow. as well <laughs> okay. wow yeah 
Yeah, it's funny because the, the tool that I use the most, I guess, for people listening is I love to use the trends. And um, I, I will, you know, do three months or sometimes I'll do one month or, or do all. And then I'll do the drop down for HRV and I'll uncheck basically readiness, HRV. And the only thing I check, sometimes I will check RMSSD, uh, but most times I'll just check high frequency, low frequency, and total power, and um, and just the seven day average HRV score. Um, and I kind of use that as uh, as a metric to see if an athlete's improving, um, if their HRV is going higher, and uh, and if there's a, a trend line going up. And then sometimes you'll have an athlete who maybe has had a history of sports or a history of of of, of cardiovascular training who just has a high HR, high HRV all the time. <laughs> and I remember I had this one guy, uh, uh, one of our, one of our guys on our, on our men's team. And, and, uh, he was like, my frequency power is like always in like the tens of thousands. Do I really have to use this? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? You're right. Let's just take you off of this. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it is, it is nice. Cause not every athlete is like that, um, but uh, the tool is still helpful and useful. <laughs> There's always that one athlete who's just like maybe competed at a high level their whole life, and they're every day they're like total frequency power is like twenty five thousand. <laughs> wow! Um, no matter no matter what you throw at him, you know I could make him run a marathon, and tomorrow he'll be twenty five thousand. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, that's where it gets very nuanced, right? And yeah. uh, it's, you know, what you'll see is a lot of the people in the endurance scene will be kind of those types of folks will yeah, yeah. have really high aerobic fitness and cardiovascular fitness and uh, be scoring really high all the time, basically. And right. then they start looking at, there's interesting papers, which may or may not be as relevant to the climbing scene, but on how different patterns within that can then correlate more or less with overtraining, undertraining. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's, interesting. Yeah. It's more about like the, the changes in patterns, the ups and downs that are from day to day or week to week than it is right. the actual total score. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be that maybe with those athletes, there could be something there and I'm just not seeing it. Um, you know, um, I, you know, with all the tools that Elite HRV offers, you know, how you're able to kind of dial in to different um, metrics. Um, maybe there's something I should be paying attention to. Maybe I should be looking at the RMSSD or the PNN 50 or, you know, instead, you know, on an athlete who's scoring so high all the time and, Well, it's like you were saying, though, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we try to provide all the information and then Mm -hmm. you, you kind of dial in on what's meaningful for you and your, your, um, athletes and your coaching style and, and everything that works for you. And, you know, we don't force you to use one thing or another per se, because obviously like your athletes would be different from you know, somebody who is using it just for a chronic health condition, right? Mm, So um, there might be similar patterns when stress occurs or when 
uh, sleep is off and things like that for both populations. But you may be, they may be more interested in the HRV score or the RMSSD value, whereas you're kind of, for your use case, more interested in the total frequency power, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I have used RMSSD a little bit um, and, and have kind of used that as a metric to kind of understand their HRV, um, you know, kind of like a, a little bit of regression. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's a couple that I use all the time <laughs> and uh, it's, it's very valuable. It's very valuable to, to be able to have these, these tools. And like you said, not forced to use them, but they're there in case you do need them if you need to to drill down and, it, and it's true because like whenever I have an athlete who um, is experiencing a lot um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll export their their spreadsheet and then I'll just look for patterns and start looking for things that could be um, more important to look at and then I'll go back to the dashboard and then drill down on those um, those values to to focus on those values for that particular athlete um, so there will become a couple, you know, times in the season where I'll export a spreadsheet, load it and, you know, um, load it, load up some charts and see if I see anything and then go back to the dashboard and focus more on those numbers because I, you know, see something that maybe I should be paying attention to. And then sometimes I'll work with our sports therapy center too, um, because they have knowledge of HRV as well. Um, and one of the therapists there, um, um, has done a lot of work with um, top-level cyclists and uh, did a lot of his uh, his graduate degree on um, cycling performance. So a lot of times I'll get some insight from him on um, how what I should be looking at or, or if he sees something that I should be looking at too. So it's nice to be able to, to take the dashboard to, uh, you know, a practitioner who, you know, may have more experience with, uh, you know, heart rate variability and, and get their insight on, on, on some some of the, the athletes data points oh yeah that that's huge and what what kind of typically do you look at it every single day with all of your athletes or do you kind of do a weekly thing or what's kind of the time scale that you like to look at with everybody yeah for for our, for our, um for our collegiate team um especially for the elite athletes on the team um i uh i look at it daily uh, uh with them and and maybe once a week I'll I'll um, not maybe once a week but maybe like once a month I'll um, look at all their data and I'll export you know um, a spreadsheet of all the metrics and then look you know look at the previous month to see you know if there's something that I should be looking at um, and so the nice thing about it is it allows me to to catch things before they get out of hand um, even if it's like a um, anything related to their, their cardiovascular health or, or, or if their, their, um, their resting heart rate's consistently high or, you know, you know, maybe there's something that I should be looking at, you know, so each month I'll reassess the whole month, but I do take, I do track them, uh, daily. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, cool. So, uh, you know, HRV is definitely, um, something near and dear to me, but what, what other things do you track with the athletes, uh, data wise? Is there anything else in there? 
uh, with the elite HRV or just outside of the elite HRV? Uh, outside of elite. I mean, I know that, uh, well, actually <laughs> is a sneak peek for everybody is that there will actually be a lot more than just HRV that you can track pretty soon in elite HRV. Oh, cool. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting and fun evolution, but yeah, other metrics, um, some teams, you know, they'll do like body weight, they'll do, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, one to 10 scales of energy or, or soreness, maybe even blood mm-hmm. glucose levels or something like that, depending on the yeah. goals. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. So there's an app that I use called Corporate Force. And it allows me to um, track manual um, manual input of different metrics that I like to pay attention to. Um, so I, I can, you know, at some point send you what the dashboard looks like. But it's super cool because, you know, you know, I can track their body weight, um, track their 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 climbing grades, their their on site, their red point, or maybe climbing grades that they struggle on. Um, and you know, with the 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 introduction of of, of speed climbing uh, to the Olympics in the combined format, I track their speed time too. Um, so I track the decrease in their speed time or the increase in their speed climbing time. Um, I track um, their um, their MVC of their hands for for uh, for climbing holds. So um, the the peak forces that they can sustain. Um, in a climbing grip okay. um, and then I um, calculate the strength to weight ratio so I have an idea of, 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 of where they're at um, and then I also track their their uh, their heart rate zones um, and I have them individualized for each athlete so I know you know which heart rate zones um, are ideal for them um, so zone zone two all the way up to zone five um um and uh, yeah so there's there's quite a there's quite a few uh measures that i track i track all of their 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 five rep maxes um for different muscle groups from the triceps to the deltoids to the biceps um, and uh and i keep all of that and and it's nice because while also having their hrv I can, you know i can correlate and see if there's you know anything that I need to change or anything that I need to add to their training to, to make them more fit for the season. Um, so yeah, so there, there's a lot of data, uh, involved, um, with, with, with an athlete. Um, the, the thing about it is, is because I put so much into an athlete, uh, I can't have that many athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being able to, uh, have this system with elite HRV and corporate force and, tracking all these metrics uh i think the max i could do <laughs> is like seven <laughs> yeah no that's a lot of yeah. different things to to keep yeah, track of it's, it's a lot of things to keep track of um but you know if those 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 few athletes can have a great season and make podiums you know it's all worth it you know um, and then that that cycle circles back to the tools that we use. Cause then people are like, what do you guys use? You know, and we can tell them what we use and how we stay healthy, and, you know, kind of educate the sport, you know, a little bit on, you know, the tools that we use. And it's exciting because when I was in France for the, the research conference for climbing, 
the head coach for the Japanese national team gave a coach, uh, gave a talk, uh, excuse me. And he, in his presentation, he talked a lot about um, the, the metrics that they track and, and the details. And it was just amazing to see how the holistic uh, picture that they, that these coaches capture uh, from an athlete, from all the metrics that they track. And it was just exciting, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just exciting to see, um, you know, this, this, this um, appreciation for data and metrics uh, for such a high level uh, team um, that has basically um, swept the podiums over the last, just in the recent nine years, um, you know, and, and, and the reason um, why he, he was selected to give his talk is, is because Japan has done this in a short a very short amount of time compared to teams that have been excelling at the climbing sport for years like Russia and, and Germany and uh, France. Um, and then to see Japan just just come onto the scene in such a short amount of time and, and seeing the tools that they use to, to, to prepare their team for podium takeovers is just, it's just really, really encouraging to, to, to keep moving in this direction. Um, you know, from athletes assessment to HRV to, you know, um, how athletes feeling and, and, you know, what's going on. And, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, uh, for a sport that has been very young when it comes to sports science, um, uh, compared to like running or triathlon, I think that in the next maybe five or 10 years, we're going to see, a big leap in data and research when it comes to the climbing sport from biomechanics to respiratory fitness to cardiovascular health to to um, peak performance and you know all aspects of the body um, yeah, mm, yeah so that's there's huge. An exciting there's an exciting future for climbing <laughs> for sure <laughs> well it's neat yeah. to see that a scientific approach like that can really make such a big difference and I think, you know, in, in all sports across the board, competition is just rising drastically as information is more widely available and, um, you know, people are uh, trying new things much more often and being able to collaborate over the internet and other, over other mm-hmm. uh, means of, of communication. So it's yes. rising rapidly. And like you said, yes. I think this is an exciting time for climbing. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, you can have athletes in different competitions all over the world at world championships or local championships. And because Elite HRV is remote, you can see what's going on everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. That is, that's pretty amazing. You can monitor all your athletes no matter where they are. <laughs> yeah, no matter where they are, you know. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's there's definitely um, a, a solid place in our heart for the HRV for our for our training program. Um, like it's a it's a part of the, the training program for our team. <laughs> ah, well, yeah. honored honored to be a part of it. Yeah. And climbing, like I said, is uh, whether the listeners are uh, into it or not. It's definitely something I recommend trying because. Um, if you think you're strong, then you should try climbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Very true. And, yeah. Um, 
And, and one of the main things, which actually I think would be kind of fun to close on is something that you know a lot about and that's grip, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> It's something that is very humbling to people if they've never done climbing before. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so true. Um, yeah, I've, I've tested. Um, so part of my research for the past two years was actually testing peak forces of, of rock climbers on different climbing grades from the easiest grades to the hardest grades. And it's amazing when you see the trend line and, and, and the type of forces these athletes are pulling. Um, even on the on the lower end of the spectrum, um, you know, uh, um, you know, athletes were pulling seventy pounds on just the tips of their fingers, and then you oh my go all the way up to you know uh, the highest level grades like you know eight B plus or five fifteen A or or V fourteen, and, and athletes are pulling hundred and thirty percent of their body weight on um just the tips of their fingers so i mean there was one athlete in particular um he's a pro athlete here in colorado um alex manikowski and um i think he weighs 130 pounds or 135 pounds and his peak force on on his fingers uh was 170 pounds this was over his body weight uh yeah and then there's another climber he weighed 175 pounds and his MVC was 225 pounds. And I mean, these are the top climbers in the nation. Oh my goodness. And, and, and you're just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not there, you know, but, you know, just, just looking at um, what these top climbers can, can, uh, can crimp on, 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 on their fingers. is just, just amazing, you know, just from a percentage of body weight perspective. I mean, you look at other sports, you know, where, you know, coaches are focusing on strength to weight ratio of, of for swimming or running or track and field or or pole vault, um, where weight is is a, is an important factor to your strength. But when you're looking at strength to weight numbers of 130 percent of body weight, uh, I don't know any sport that has those high level uh, percentages. I guess outside of um, um, uh, you know, Olympic lifting, uh, uh, you know, where these guys are, are, are squatting or, or deadlifting over their body weight. Um, oh, yeah. But that's definitely, a, you know, an entirely <laughs> different mechanism. The, yes, yes. Uh, Larger muscle groups for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hip hinging. Yeah. You know, the only one that comes to mind is gymnastics. Gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. That would be obviously, I mean, the grip is, I'm sure, pretty insane in certain uh, events for gymnastics, but it's still somewhat different in that it's it's rarely just your fingertips that you're using. Yeah, Yeah. to sustain those type of forces with just your forearm and your fingertips, uh, it's just amazing. yeah, I remember there was a. Uh, I know Sports Center used to do these uh, sports science. You know these little mini shorts that uh, uh, ESPN used to do, um, where they'll strap all these tools to an athlete and, and track the, the force, like maybe an NFL's throwing power. I remember one year they did uh, Dwight Howard um, and the amount of force that he pushes through the ground and he gets ready to dunk. And I remember they said it was like nearly 500 i forgot how many pounds it was but it was 
it was like 300% of his body weight. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. It's like an insect. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I think they use a force plate and he just, just jump, he just get ready to dunk and just use his natural form and boom, just slammed like 500 plus pounds of force to the ground and dunked, you know. Um, but for climbing, I mean, you know, it's the same thing as there. And I feel like there's other things that we could be tracking with a, with a, with a high level climber. Um, one of those metrics is, is, is core strength. Uh, I've always wondered how, you know, you could quantify the core strength of a climber because I definitely, you know, in gymnastics, you see the front lever used quite a bit and the iron cross, um, but I feel as if the, the impact on the core is much higher on some of these climbing grades because um, a lot of these climbers can do front levers. Mm-hmm. But I feel sometimes that some of these climbers can put a 15-pound weight on their chest and still do a front lever. I don't know, but some, some of the forces that I see uh, on, on some of these higher grades like uh, 8B plus or 15A, um, there's a documentary that was put out about Adam Andra, he's one of the strongest climbers in the world right now. And um, it was called Silence. And when you see him climb and you see his core flex in and out, in and out, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, how much force can, can he take with his core, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, there was a respiratory uh, doctor who was at the conference in France, and he talked about how um, the different tools that they use to uh, to um, to build core strength and, and 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 build power with with some of their um, their military and some of their soldiers who have to carry these big packs when they're trekking through battlefields and and he talked about the use of of, of different compression um, strategies to to strengthen their thoracic cage and you know. And, and, and the impact that the backpack has on, on the core and, and the respiratory frame um, and, and how to build an athlete to support, you know, or, or a soldier to support the impact that having a 60 pound plus backpack on your back has when you're trekking miles and miles through the battlefield. Um, but then when you see an athlete, you know, like a climber on the wall and, and you see the, the, the amount of tension that's stored inside of their diaphragm and a, a Domino frames, man. Like, you know, I've always always wondered what's really going on. You know, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, you're right. Climbing's hard. <laughs> oh yes. You know, and and, uh, and and yeah, it's just it's just amazing to see the the how the respect that climbers get from from military or or Olympics or you know whichever sport it, the climbers get a lot of respect from from these other sports <laughs> oh yeah i mean you know it it translates like even just grip strength translates so well to so many things um you know i i'm i'm not the strongest person around i i do try to keep fit and whatnot but mm-hmm. um i picked up strict muscle ups pretty easily and i think it was mainly because of grip from climbing and from working on uh, grip and wrist and forearm strength. And it wasn't because I can do the, you know, the most weighted pull-ups or something like that. 
um, that, but, but like a, a short range. Um, right. Yeah. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think core strength, you know, kind of coming back to what you're saying about quantification, that might be one of those things that is hard to, hard to really find a metric that translates to right. the usefulness in climbing because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, there was a video online, uh, comparing, a bodybuilder and a gymnast and they were doing various exercises and the bodybuilder, you know, was like three times the size of this gymnast and just like really, <laughs> really strong and yeah. struggled a lot on a lot of the uh, basic kind of like, like a, a basic strict muscle up, for example. Oh, wait, right. And, um, and so I think, you know, the dynamic nature of climbing, the fact that when you're talking about core strength, you're not just like crunching your core in an, a single plane of motion. You're, uh, you've got one hand stretched out as far as you can to your left. You've got uh-huh. your, yeah. your right hand <laughs> is tucked up somewhere. And, uh-huh. then, and then you have to like, you know, lift your leg up and ab- above your head <laughs> and so you're yeah. twisted around yeah and still maintain a rock solid core <laughs> that's right yeah so yeah. It, it'd be really hard to come up with a machine that could measure all of that <laughs> yeah yeah that that would be that would be a dream <laughs> So uh, this has been, I'm on a fantastic conversation and, and I appreciate all the kind words about Elite, but uh, kudos to you and to your team and obviously the work that you've put in and and, I, and a lot of deep thought has gone into it. So congratulations sure. on you. all those results. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think what we can do is kind of wrap up and, um, you know, I, I, I'm specifically curious of your knowledge about grip because I think you have also some products that your research has uh, given birth to, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure has. Yeah, Yeah. the Gripple. (laughs) Yeah, the Gripple. Maybe you can just tell folks like where they can find more information about you or about the Gripple and what that is. For sure, yeah. Um, So it's beastfingersclimbing.com. Um, and the, uh, Gripple is our first product to market. Uh, it's, uh, it's gone through two revisions. So there's version two that's out now. Um, and we've used, uh, the Gripple one, um, for our research and analysis for, uh, you know, testing peak forces and, uh, MVC of, of climbers. Um, and, uh, our next project is, is, is hopefully kickstarting, um, our uh, smart, our smart scale, um, which which will work with the Gripple, where you stand on it and you pull, um, and it has a Bluetooth connection to connect with your phone, so it, you can track peak forces over time throughout the year, um, and use it as an injury assessment tool to to see if there's a decrease in peak force, maybe one week, maybe back off a little bit, or you know to use it as an assessment to to see if you're in the good to go. Um, so yeah, so the smart scale is definitely our next project and hopefully we can, can get it finished. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting times. 
exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and uh, and all of that with folks. And thank um, you. You know, you said beastfingersclimbing.com, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. All righty. So uh, with that, we'll wrap up and thank I you, appreciate, Jason. Yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you guys have a great one and looking out for the great things from Elite HRV. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Amon. Okay. Take care. Sponsored by HRVCourse.com. Truly understand the science and mechanisms behind heart rate variability and how to apply them towards your goals. Use discount code ELITEPODCAST for 10% off your first HRV course. That's all one word, ELITEPODCAST. Visit HRVCourse.com to get access today.